Okay, let us begin. So excited. Oh, nice. Thank you, Ruby. Thank you. Feel good. Have you fun. Okay, I'm very excited this morning. Why am I very excited this morning? Extra excited. I always try to be excited every morning. I'm extra excited this morning. Why am I extra excited this morning? I'm extra excited because it's gloomy outside. I love when it's gloomy outside. I love when it's like darkish and the rain. I used to not like that, but, but I like it. You know why I like it? I like it because it challenges me to check the weather inside. When it's beautiful outside and everything is just perfect and you wake up in the morning and the birds are chirping and your wife greets you with a good morning and your children are behaving perfectly because that's what's going to be right when you have your family and they're going to say, Tati, Mommy, please send me off to school. Please, Tati, Mommy, please, Daddy, Mommy, please feed me breakfast. Please, let's get out of bed. Let's, I want to wear whatever you want me to wear. I want to wear that shirt. Please, whatever it is that you want, please. And you dance into the kitchen and you hug your children. You kiss them and they kiss you. And they say, wow, this is so beautiful. And the birds are, right? Okay, you guys got the story. Right, what's the shot? Maybe once or, or twice a year that'll happen. Maybe. What's the point? That's not life. Life is digging deep inside of yourself and the weather outside might not be so good. Whatever that weather represents might not be so good. And your wife might not smile at you and you might not smile at your wife. And your kids might not act like perfect children. Like I saw yesterday, I saw in Shabbos, of Shah, one of the Shabbos, and it's not okay to us in the Akedah, talks about the Akedah, talks about the relationship between a father and a son and a mother and a child, a mother and a daughter, a father, ch- children and parents, is that your children are not there for you. They're not there for you to have nachas. People think that children are just like a car. I mean, obviously, it's a little bit deeper than that, but they're there to represent, they're there to represent who I am. They're there to represent. That's why people get upset at their children that they're not acting the way they want them to act because, you know, we got to make a, an impression on, uh, you know, they represent me as opposed to what's best for my children. But the point is, thank you so, so much. But the point is, is that when you wake up on the wrong side of your head and you wake up on whatever side of your head that you wake up on, the, the first step is to acknowledge that this is internal. It's not external. It's all internal. And the app, the weather app, that each and every one of us um, would be beneficial for us to tune into is the internal weather app. Now, I want to say something that is, that is so powerful and so important, and that is Nachi sent this to me. I'm going to read it actually from Nachi's words. Um, we spoke about this on Friday. We spoke about it. We communicated about this on Friday, right? Where Nachi sent me, and this is so... I assume you're okay if, I, if I'm sharing this. I don't know what you're talking about. Not the, problem, the problem. The problem, right? That's, that's, that's not my quote. Right, right, exactly. I don't know if I... I, don't know, I, I it's very possible I made that up. 
the concept I definitely did not make up, but I, the problem, the problem, where is it? It's thinking that it's a problem having problems. Right. The problem is never the problem. The problem is never the problem. I'm paraphrasing. The problem is never the problem. It's the fact that I have a problem. I'm not reading what Nazi wrote to me, but that's the basic concept. It's never the fact that I have a problem. We all have problems. Oh, here it is. The pro- oh, here it is. The biggest problem is thinking that it's a problem having problems. That's your problem. That's, our, that's what hurts us. What hurts us is the fact that I don't want to heal. I, why do I have to deal with my father? Why do I have to deal with my mother? Why do I have to deal with this pain? Why do I have to deal with my insecurities? Why do I have to deal with the anxiety? Why, why, why? And that question, that question is very, very challenging because it sort of is a double, double whammy. Because not only do I have the problem that I have to deal with, but I have to deal with the fact that I don't want to deal with my problem. And there's resistance. So we begin our day. We begin our day, each and every one of us. Oh, people are coming in. I guess it's raining outside. It's raining. The rain is here. So we begin our day with it might be raining on the outside, but the sun is shining on the inside. And you know what? I'm going to say something. And even if the sun is not shining on the inside, even if the sun is not shining on the inside, oh wow, there's a slut. Even if the sun is not shining on the inside. So I have the ability, each and every one of us has the ability to to recognize that it doesn't always have to shine on the inside. Just like there is weather, right? That's why people love living in California. One of the reasons people love California is because it's because the weather, yeah, you see, yeah. It's always good weather, it's always perfect weather. So it's beautiful, Baruch Hashem. It's a gift to have perfect weather. But my question and my challenge to, uh, to everyone, I've, and, I, and I, I, I think it's beautiful, California is beautiful. There's nothing against living in California. But my challenge to anyone who lives in a place like California is, is am I able to have that same weather inside all the time? And the answer is it's hard to always have beautiful weather on the inside. It's okay. It's okay to have winter. It's okay to have fall. It's okay to have summer. It's okay to have spring. It's okay to have night. And it's okay to have the day. Because that's what life is about. Life is about having a bad day. Life is about having a morning where you're in a bad mood. Life is about having things not work out 100%. That is exactly what life is about. And when we fight reality, and reality is that it's not always beautiful, but when we fight reality, we only lose 100% of the time. You're only gonna lose every time. Because reality is, is that not everything is perfect and not everything is beautiful. So we begin, we begin our day, we begin a new week, we begin a new day. Oh, Shimon's got his hand up, now I'm getting excited. I'm gonna stop in the middle of my sentence to hear Shimon, I'm actually gonna stop also to make a bracha, but uh, Shimon Gold, go. No, I'm saying, guys, I love what you're saying. I I went with uh, the suit to go with the uh, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the uh, over there. 
Yeah. Whether it's legit that he's buried here or not is a whole other story, but we go there and we see this wrestle guy, clearly wrestled, and uh, even though there's no wrestle book, he, he looked like one of the wrestlers. <laughs> and this guy had a prosthetic leg, from one from his waist and one from his knee. Both his legs were prosthetic. This guy's chilling there, he's smiling, and uh, whatever, we're hacking him up. And he says, you gotta be honest with yourself, you need to be honest with yourself, and you need to say, like, like, wow. like you said before, like, you can't look at the problem like a problem, right. that's the problem in itself. And he was saying, you need to be honest with Hashem, you need to be in reality. He said, Hashem, I, I actually, I forget my prophets. Hashem, please help me. I forget prophets here and there. Don't think you're more than that and say, oh, I don't, yeah, I forget about here and there, but it's not a problem. I don't mean, uh, it's all good. Like, you need to be honest at the same time. You gotta say, Hashem, I do forget them. Please help me remember. Or Hashem, I, it happens to be, bitaud, by accident, I saw a girl and I, I broke my spirit in night. Don't be like, oh, I didn't break it and I was looking the other way and this, and I'm good and it's not something I need to, you have to be honest with yourself. Beautiful. You say, Hashem, please help me. Beautiful. Even by accident, I, I do these things, etc., etc. Beautiful. Once you do that, Hashem helps you, and, and then you're, I'd say, you become a... Uh, like Shimon Gold. Right, Shimon. Wow. Wow. Back in the house, Shimon Gold, exactly. Beautiful. Thank you, Shimon. You remind me, it's not exactly on those same lines, but you remind me of the, uh, that line that I saw once with the, with the person who uh, someone asked him, how are you someone who didn't have legs and the person asked him how do you stay so positive without your legs like how do you live your life so positive without your legs and the guy responded oh, that's funny that you asked me how do you stay so negative with your with your two legs you know why are you asking me that you know so uh, you know gratitude and and uh, and being um, I, I think the answer to that is that our default is negative. Our default is negative, and, uh, and it's easier sometimes for a person to be, to be negative, even though ironically, it's not true. Ironically, it's not true, uh, because it could be difficult for a person to be negative also, it's just his habits. When a person has habits to, to not see the positive and to only focus on the negative, so we just get into a uh, routine. And what we want to try and do is try and train ourselves, and like Shimon's saying, to train ourselves to say, okay, this is what I'm dealing with. This is, my, this is my challenge. This is what Hashem wants me to deal with. As hard as I always say, the authentic, sustainable happiness, let alone emotional health, comes from one's connection to reality. To reality. Authentic, sustainable happiness let alone emotional health, comes from one's connection to reality, not one's escape from reality. And I always emphasize from one's connection to reality, and the emphasis is, the emphasis is, even if my reality is not the reality that I want it to be, even if it's not a good reality, but authentic, sustainable happiness, let alone emotional health, comes when I'm connected to the truth. And like Shimon was saying, if the truth is, is that I have a bad relationship with this person, if the truth is that this person bothers me, if the truth is I have insecurities, if the truth is I have um, um, jealousy, I have whatever you might have, 
the more a person learns to, to, to not push that away, the more a person can begin to deal with himself. Yes, Yehuda. Or if you don't mind. What does one Shama do when um, when getting in touch with reality, right? And then and then and then and then they uh, realize that what what might be healthy for them right. where they're at in their reality right. in an honest way. Right. Yeah, I missed that. Yeah, that. Mm-hmm. So, so like, let's say that I get in touch with reality, and it might be hard for me, but for whatever, whatever it is right. that I'm going through. My reality might say that I can only die in two times a day instead of three. Right, right. Right, correct. But, but Halakha tells me to die in three times a day. Right, why don't you say Hashem? Why did you switch to Halakha? Why did you switch to Halakha and not Hashem? I just picked that up. Yeah, but okay, yeah, continue. I guess it's like the same thing. Okay, good. Yeah, good, good. Yeah, no, no. I'm, I'm All right, so I, I think you answered the question. Yes, Listen, I, I think that we all, I think that uh, we all struggle with what you're saying, Yehuda, is that, is that sometimes we're not exactly where we want to be. Where we, where we I'm going to say the word, Nachi, for you, right? Where we should be, right? Sometimes we're not where we should be, which is guilt and I can't believe I'm not there. Now that's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing that I want to daven three times a day. It's a beautiful thing that I want to, uh, you know, uh, be learning all day. It's a beautiful thing that I want to learn Gemara and I want to connect to it. It's a beautiful thing that I want to do these things, but I might not be there right now. And in any relationship, in any relationship, it's very important to be open, to be open and to say, this is where I'm at. This is where I'm at. I love you, Hashem. The reason I switched to the halacha thing in your question is because I think there, there was a part of that that, that was brought out. Because, because I, I got to follow halacha or I know that, this, that Hashem is okay and Hashem understands. When you, when you, when you, once a person realizes that Hashem is not a monster, once a person realizes that Hashem is working with you, Hashem is not working against you, Hashem is working with you, and he wants to hear where you're at and what you're doing and you're honest with yourself. That's all he wants. One of the tzaddikim said, and this gets people nervous, this gets people nervous, but it's good to get nervous because that means you got to check why it's getting you nervous, right? Is that, is that it says it's a person who's a Russia could be more connected to himself than a person who thinks he's a tzaddik. And a person says, I know I'm a Russian. I know I do these things that, that, that are not good for me but at least he's tapped into who he is, as opposed to having a dimian and having an illusion of being someone that he's not. So for a person to say, I'm just not here yet, I'm just not there yet. That's better, like in the eyes of 
right. I'm, I'm being honest with myself. What is Hashem? Chosama Shalakarish Baruch is MS. The signature of God is, is MS. So he'd rather you be truthful and say, this is where I'm at. I'm not there yet. I'm not rebelling against. The reason people rebel is because when they, when they, when they are forced to be in a situation that they, that they can't handle, so they push against it. So why, why am I forced to be, to be in that situation? Hashem loves me. Hashem has patience. Hashem wants the best for me. And I'm just not there yet. I love you, Hashem. I'm just not there yet. I'm trying the best I can. Shame and guilt are two separate things. Guilt in the definition of I did something wrong is okay. I did something wrong. Shame is that I am, there is something wrong with me. That's, that's a very dangerous feeling to have. Not dangerous, I don't want to say dangerous. That's a feeling that has to be healed. That's a very heavy feeling. That I'm wrong, my essence is wrong. There's a shame. We're not talking about Busha and Masil Sisharim where a person has shame between HaKadosh Baruch Hu and, and the later Prakim of, of uh, Hasidus and Yira. We're not on that level. There's nothing wrong with saying I've done, I've made mistakes. Owning your mistakes and saying I'm human and I've made, I've done, I've done things wrong. Like, like Shimon so humbly, I don't know if he was talking about himself. He probably wasn't. But when a person says, okay, so I, I wasn't, I want to be Shomer Ma'inayim. I want to work on my Shmir Sinayim. I don't want to look at certain things and and I and I'm human, and I have tivus, and I fell, and I uh, and I want to get back up, and I want to work on myself to, to, to again strengthen myself. Right? A person can have a lot of things like that, where he's where he wants to be a certain way, but sometimes where we fall. Shava yipol tzadik become. We could sing the song. You fall down, you get back up. You could sing the song, but to live it is much harder than singing the song. It's much harder to to get up. It's much harder to get up after you fall down, especially if your fall is for a week or two or a month. And it's much harder. So that's the key to get up as fast as you can. That's why they say when you get into a car accident, the best thing to do is quickly get back in the car because otherwise you'll have trauma. So so too, right after you do an Avera, a person has to go ahead and right away, right? The Lechavitcher says from the Slunim, he says that somebody who does a big Avera where he does an Avera and he cannot go ahead and bring himself to Davin and to learn and you feel like a faker. You're like, oh my gosh, this is the same guy who did this thing an hour ago or the night before or a week ago. This is the same guy who's pouring out his heart. You feel like a fraud. You feel like a faker. Like, who am I? Who am I? But, but the Lechavitch says that that a person who can't come to that doesn't know what the first steps of Judaism is. Judaism is Hashem wants us and Hashem loves us. So beautiful. And that's why we begin with, with Hilcha Shmir Salashim. Why do we begin with Lashon Hara? The reason we begin with Lashon Hara is because Lashon Hara teaches us, not speaking Lashon Hara, teaches us that I got, I got to learn how to understand me. I got to learn how to understand me, 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 me. I was speaking to someone recently. What someone, someone, someone from yeshiva speaking to someone, and he said so clearly. He said, he said, I believe. This is what he said. He says, I believe the bigger problem that we have in our generation. This is what he said himself. Is not all the tithes 
And it's not the, 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 the drugs and the alcohol and all those things. He says, of course, that's also a problem. He says, the problem, this is what he told me. He told this to me. He says, I believe the problem is, is our phones. And the reason my, my phone is my problem is he says it distracts me from me. It distracts me from me. And it gives me the ability not to be focused on me. Not to be focused on myself because we, we uh, run away from ourselves even without our phones. It's hard. If Rabbi Yisrael Salanter could say, before, before when the Rav Ramchal could say that it's very hard for a person to connect to himself, and this is before all the distractions, could you imagine for us how, how distracted we are from getting in touch with ourselves, spending time. That's why it's so important for a person to spend time doing what we're doing. Spend time thinking about life, talking about life, going to therapy if you need to go to therapy, spending time alone doing hispodidus. Doing hispodidus has nothing to do with whether you're breastless or not. It's not nothing to do with being breastless. Being hispodidus is something that being a Jew, being a person who's connecting to Hashem, to spend time alone to connect to yourself, journaling, to journal about yourself, to put away, to have, to have time alone where you don't have your phone, where you're not distracted, and then wait a minute when you have a wife and children. Then you've got to spend time with your wife and your children besides spending time alone. Besides spending time alone. To spend quality time. Right? What are you going to do if you're... If your child's love language is quality time. Quality time. Let's say that's your child's love language. Let's say your wife's love language is quality time. Let's say your love language is quality time. If a person's love language, one of his, I mean, everyone's love language is quality time. But if your primary love language is spending quality time, where do you have quality time? If every time you're spending the time with someone, the person is distracted and very, very, very challenging. Uh, Nisanal and then Shlomo. If someone would, let's say, go on a flight and they would, you know, they would say, uh, it's really hard for me to bring my passport. So, you know, please accept my uh, driver's license. So, like, you wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't make it on the flight. Right. You wouldn't be able to fly. So, right. Uh, I'm just wondering, like, um, the way like, the world set up, Hashem set up, like, so the guidelines for us, like, you know, follow it, do it for us, if you don't follow it. Beautiful. Oh. Oh, I love that question, and I, I'm going to love my answer too. I have a great answer. I, 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 I'm sorry. I think I was really listening to your question. I really do, because as soon as you said it, I was like, "That's a great question." And how am I going to answer that? But I think Hashem sent me a good answer. Um, if the pilot is your father, right, then you could probably figure out a way how to get on the flight, also. You got it? So yes. Thank you. He started clapping. I'm not clapping for myself. But I mean that. You're right. If your relationship with Hashem is an airport and a flight, and I agree, and I agree with you, Nassan. I'm not saying it's wrong the way you're looking at it. It is true. There are certain, there are certain rules and certain uh, realities. But the ultimate reality is that my father is the pilot. So if my father's the pilot, he might say, son, listen, son, I'd like you to get in line like everybody else, right? He's probably trying to be a good father, and I want you to be just like everybody else, 
and you got to pack your bags, you got to go through the TSA, and you got to go through blah, blah, blah. And at the end of the day, he, he's getting on the flight. He's getting on the flight. And he's going to say, I'm sorry, Tati, that I don't have it, but I, you know, whatever it is, I misplaced it. Does that, does that work? It works. Because it's true. What? Right, right. You have the passport. The passport's with you, Dad. Right. You. That's what you gave me. You gave me a license. What do you want? So now again, you could start getting into excuses and this. Okay. So you could have that conversation with Hashem or with yourself. And you say, Am I just? Am I just pulling the excuse card, or is it true? Is it true? Hashem, Hashem loves us and wants us to, to be matzliach. Yes, Rav Shlomo, and then we'll start with uh, the halacha. What does healthy guilt feel like? Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's good to. I associate the word guilt with sadness. Yeah. Right. So that's not, I don't know if that's good, that's probably more shame. Shame is there's something wrong with me. Guilt is I did something wrong. I, 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 I would say it just feels like I, I messed up. I did, some, I did an Avera, I did something wrong. I feel bad. I feel bad. I feel badly. And yeah, there might be an there might be an element of you feel sad. You feel that. That's already the eight Sahara when he gets in there like that. But shame is much stronger. But the point is, it's okay to say I, I messed up. It's okay. To, no, it's okay also to feel. It's okay to feel that you messed up. It's okay. The question is, what is that? What what happens next? What happens next? Like the tzaddikim say. The, the Yitzhahara doesn't care if you ain't tzaddik or shayasa Everybody's going to mess up. That's not what the Yitzhahara wants. The Yitzhahara doesn't want you to do an Avera. He want, meaning, that's not his goal of you doing an Avera. He wants you to feel, he wants you to beat yourself up after you did an Avera. It's like when, when the quote we were saying, I have a problem. Who doesn't have a problem? We all have problems. It's beat yourself up, the fact that I have a problem. And not only that, why do I have this problem? I don't want to have this problem. The guy next to me doesn't have this problem. He wants you always to be looking at someone else, always to feel down. He has certain qualities. You could smell the Yitzhahara, and you can know what his tactics are. That's his tactic. His tactic is not compassion. His tactic is not understanding. His tactic is not, let's strengthen ourselves. His tactic is not, I love you. It's all negative, negative, negative. You're not going to make it. You messed up. You're a failure. You won't do it. There's something wrong with you. That's okay. So I'm saying, if you if you struggle with that, then you then you're right. Then you might have to clarify what that is. Correct. You might have to clarify. It could be you can't even a person can't even feel that guilt. It could be that's not even healthy for him. But but at the same time, you want to own, be able to own the things that a person does wrong, right? If every time you have a conversation with your spouse and you can't mention that there's any problem because the person's right right away, oh, I can't handle it. I can't handle. It. Okay, that person has to. Learn how to build themselves up. You have to learn how to be able to handle constructive criticism. Constructive, loving criticism is very important for all growth. If a person can't handle any criticism, that's very, very dangerous. Very dangerous. It's one of the ways to be kona the Torah. Okay, let's begin with the halacha. Rabbi Tzvi, you okay? You want to save it, Rabbi Tzvi? No, no. I just want to add Yeah, please. Shlomo. Last 
Um, uh, Talk a little louder. Rabbi Schaefer. Yeah. From Giva uh, Aleftar, he came to share some stories about his uh, mentor, Shlomo. He said he was with him since he was 12 years old. So he said, uh, he said of Misa that he, uh, I'm saying that Shlomo was all about just letting a kid talk and uh, spill his heart. And he said that he went to the Rebbe after a concert that he had in one of these colleges. And he said, it's not a mix, it's not going to be a mixed concert. And he said, one person showed up. So he went back to the Lubavitcher Rebbe, and I'm sorry, the, the controversy, but then he said to him, um, Rebbe, no one showed up. He said, Shlomo, you do what you have to do to get the end And that would be said, Shlomo's choice to go against whatever we think is uh, um, correct was to feel every single yid. That's just because your name is Schleiner, I said it. Not, not, that wasn't what I wanted to say. Um, uh, I wanted to say that the darkness loves the guilt. And another thing is a lot of people, they sit there guilty, but the second they tell someone the truth, they, they come, they, that's, that's the issue. When you tell someone the truth, it's the Yolet Me'alef Shokha. It comes right. down in your heart. Right. And I said that there was recently an article about this Russian Shiva that, that for two years he wasn't sleeping because he was worried. He knew someone's writing an article, what they're going to say, they're going to say about him, these extreme things. And after it came out, and it wasn't that crazy, but he was like, I, I, I wish it would have come out two years ago that I shouldn't sit Save. here right. in fear. When are they going to know? When are they going to so uh, in addiction, one of the things they say, no more secrets. You've got to share it to your parents. You've got to share it to your brothers. Because the darkness loves the secret and loves the guilt. So there's another Yes. Beautiful. Okay, let's begin uh, with the halacha of you express it without meaning to degrade. Speaking Lashon Hara in a joking manner. And this is something I think that is very difficult for a lot of people, um, especially when you are with your friends and you're hanging out with all of your uh, buddies and people who you're familiar with. So a lot of times you could speak Lashon Hara, but you could say it in a joking way. Um, he says, even if you are not talking out of hatred and you are talking about a close friend or relative and you mean it as a joke, it implies something negative about the person, it is pure Lashon Hara. So even if you're talking about your brother, you're talking about your mother, you're talking about your cousin, you're talking about someone, you're like, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you say something, right? He says, what's the example? Since my mother is so easygoing, she is messy. She's a bit messy. Whenever we come into her house, the kitchen looks like a tornado hit it. So even though you mean it in a nice way, in a just, you know, a joking way, and it's all your family knows, what do you mean? We all know that this is how it is, it's still Lashon Hara. The Rambam compares someone who talks Lashon Hara in a joking manner to one who shoots poisonous arrows for fun. And he claims, oh, I'm just joking, I'm just shooting these poisonous arrows to have fun. Although he is joking, you can hurt people very much. Chavetz Chaim adds, even if you love the person you are talking about and you mean it as a joke, it is nevertheless, not, you're not allowed to say it. I want to say something because this is one of the things that is very challenging when you're, and this is a different thing of Lashon Hara, sometimes when you're hanging around your friends, so you're comfortable to knock 
your friends in front of other friends and put them down and people laugh and they make jokes. Oh, you got to lose weight. You're this, you're this, you're, you know, oh yeah, you're, you're whatever it is. That, besides the fact that it's Lush and Hara, that you're saying that in front of other people, it's also Loisainu, you're, you're over a lot of, of uh, you're embarrassing, it's verbal abuse. Not only is it verbal abuse, it could be you can embarrass somebody, and it's something that's very, very, person has to be very, very careful with that. Yes, Yona. Once there's like a common understanding group, then that, like, it's actually fine, like, the other person actually finds it. Yeah, if, if the person is okay with it, if the person is okay with which I think is rare, to be honest with you. I think it's rare. I don't think anybody wants to be uh, the... Right, so you're saying so badly. Right, I'm just saying, you, you have to put yourself in that situation. It's something definitely that, that I think has become something that people are comfortable doing, but it's something that's very, very dangerous. Very, very dangerous thing for people in a group to feel comfortable, to you know, uh, make jokes, and and at the expense. And what happens is the person who's receiving it feels like I gotta take it because this is the chevra. This is what we talk about. This is what we do, you know. But it's something that a person has to be very careful with. That's what's up. Why do we do that? Because we, we don't learn hilchos lashon hara. It's that because because we're not sensitive. That's right. If you learn hilchos lashon hara, you wouldn't do it. If a person doesn't learn the Hilchas Lashon Hara, he's going to be, it's, we're nichshul in it, that's it. No one does it because they're, they want to be bad or they this, because people don't know. People don't know uh, how dangerous that is. Yes, Rebzev. And then we'll start a little Mesil Sisharim, yeah. What do you mean, in front of other people? What do you mean that you're teaching? I'm not sure what you mean. So you even, you have to be careful when you're giving rebuke that you can't embarrass the person. You can't embarrass. You're not allowed to embarrass. You have to be very extra, extra, even in front of your children. You have to be careful. You can't go ahead and rebuke a child in front of other children. And maybe it might, be, might hurt them more. Who knows? Be extra, extra sensitive. Okay, Hashem should help. All of us, Hashem will help all of us. We should be zocha to to um, to not speak lashon hara, not to be makabel any lashon hara, to go ahead and and try and see only beautiful things in each other. And when we don't, when we don't see such wonderful things in somebody, not to get down, not to get down about it, but to realize that it's something that we that we, uh, we struggle with. And to realize that, that uh, you know, it's difficult for me, and what can I learn from the fact that I see something negative in someone? Why am I negative? That's, that's the question. Why does that person trigger me? Why does that person bother me? What can I learn about the situation? Why is it that it's this person who I feel that I always need to talk about? What, am I jealous of that person? Did that person hurt me? Is it something inside of me? Lashon Hara and seeing negative is sometimes the greatest gift for a person because it teaches us what it is that we need to work on. When I see something negative in somebody, it teaches me what it is that's inside of me. So Hashem will help each and every one of us. Let's be Zoha as we begin a new week, as we begin a new life uh, this morning.
let, let Hashem help us to, to really try and understand uh, what it is that we need to work on, because that's what it's about. It's about figuring out, and you're, we're all put in this world for a very, very high-level, beautiful purpose, um, and, and it's, uh, it's, uh, we're here on a mission, each and every one of us. We don't know what that mission is. We don't know exactly what we're here to do, but Hashem gives us simanim baderach. Hashem gives us um, flashes of, of uh, guidance of what we need to work on. And those things, especially when you're married and you have children, right, it's a little bit more clear. Right? When you're, when you're, when you're uh, single, so it's most of the time your roommates, it's most of the time uh, either your parents or other things in your life, your friends, people around you, whoever it is that you're around, that's the way Hashem communicates to each and every one of us. I want to say there's a person sitting in the back uh, of the room who's wearing a gun, um, who's off, I don't know if you're off, Well, you're off today? You're on your way out. Here's a Jew, just you could get a bracha from him. He's a Jew who's uh, very high level in the army, for real. He does a lot of amazing things um, for the army. Uh, he probably does not sleep much. Uh, he works very hard for Klal Yisrael. And on his few moments off, uh, he's sitting in Vesil Shisharim to work on himself. Uh, I, I'm, I'm so inspired. Um, Aaron, Aaron Sigler, you have to, it's worth it for I'm inspired just to, just to see you, and he's here, and he knows a lot of Torah also. Don't let him fool you. Uh, he knows a lot of Torah. He's a, he's a shtickle Talmud Chacham, I could say. He's a young Talmud Chacham and a, and a big mensch. And uh, there's a lot to, to learn from you, Aaron. It's inspiring that you're sitting here on your, your moments that are off. Shem Yishmar, Hashem should protect you. And be uh, mashpia in all your ways in, in for Klal Yisrael. Continue, Hashem should help you. Thank you for being here. Okay, we'll, we'll talk just for a few minutes, even though it's not a, a few minute conversation, um, because it's very heavy, and we'll have to continue. I'll try and get on this a little bit earlier tomorrow. Um, one of the ways that a person is humble um, is by uh, being able to be soivel elbow which means you're able to endure insult, which is one of the hardest things for a person to do. Um, as it says, Lemino se avon, lemish over al pesha. Who does Hashem forgive? Hashem forgives somebody who's able to forgive others. Someone who's able to forgive others. And it's one of the hardest things for a person to do is that when someone insults you, or someone hurts you, or someone does something to you, the natural thing is for a person to, to, to hit back. The natural thing is that a person goes ahead and he pushes back, and it's one of the hardest things for a person to do, to endure insult. And if somebody says something that you don't like, right, it's very difficult for a person to just, to just uh, um, you know, keep your mouth shut. If you're driving, and someone cuts you off, so it's very normal for a person, or natural for a person, to want to get ahead. It's very, in many, many situations, especially when you're in the store, you're around other people, and people do something to you, 
and, and you want to sort of, uh, you know, uh, assert yourself. You want to assert yourself. And people get nervous when we talk about this because they say, well, if I can endure insult, if I can endure my insult, then people are going to take advantage of me. People are going to take advantage of me. That's a, that's a question that a lot of times people ask. If I'm going to just let people insult me, then that, that could be dangerous. The first step for a person to recognize is if you're able to handle if someone hurts you, if someone does something to you, of course we're not talking about if you're a child, if you're someone who, who uh, needs to get out of a situation, then you can't let someone take advantage or abuse you. Right? It's very important for a person to learn to assert himself to say, okay, I gotta maybe stay away from that relationship. That relationship is not healthy for me. But we're talking about where you're in a healthy relationship. But people sometimes say things to you. People sometimes act a certain way. As the Ramchal says, If a person is able to go ahead and to take an insult from somebody and not to shoot back, he says, You're like as powerful as the sun. As, as the Ramchal brings toile eretz al blima, that a person who's able to be boilim piv bishas meriva, if you're able, and it's difficult, I think Rabbi Tzvi said, said this one time in Shir, it starts with the little, little, little things, whether it's not beeping your horn, whether it's sitting in traffic, not getting frustrated, whether it's a person being able to, to be sovel, to endure when, when the air conditioning is not exactly on the, on the uh, number that you want it, when, when someone at dinner or someone at lunch gets a little bit before you or someone cuts the line or someone bothers you, the more a person can train himself that things bother me a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, and I don't react and I'm able to judge favorably. I'm able to handle a little bit that things don't go my way. People get very, have a big problem when things don't go 100% their way. And of course, there are big things that won't go your way in life. But sometimes the little tiny things that don't go your way, if a person learns, if a person learns to accept little by little, that not everything, it's part of being humble also. When a person's tired and he pushes himself to move forward anyway, and when things are not exactly, like we said, when the weather is not exactly the way you want the weather to be, when your roommate is not acting 100% the way you want him to act, when someone says something that hurts you. So of course, it's always important for a person to express that hurt. You could talk to somebody else about it. You could tell the person a day later, or you could tell the person, you know, it hurt me when you said this and this and that. But for a person to learn to endure insult and not to fight back, not to fight back. I heard once a great line, and then we'll wrap up with this. Obviously, I'd like to hear your question and comments. You can't fight with one, if one person is not willing to fight, then there's no fight. It takes two people to fight. So if somebody's going against you and someone's trying to fight, the only way they're going to have a fight is if you also fight back. When a person doesn't fight back and he's just like, okay, there is no fight. So when someone hurts you or insults you or puts you down, and then of course, I'm not talking about how to deal with that hurt. That's a different conversation. 
But when a person doesn't strike back, there is no fight, there is no war. War is only when you fight back. That's when, when there's war. Question, comments, and then we'll wrap up for today. And that's humility. That's one of the attributes of being humble. One of the attributes of being humble is accepting that, that, that this happened and going with it. Yes, Shomu Zalman. No, just, what I was saying, I was saying it takes two to fight, and only it's one to peace. Beautiful, right? It takes two to fight and only one to make peace, right? It's true. Beautiful, beautiful. And, and, and it's very difficult sometimes for a person to be that person. It's very difficult because you know why? Because when, when you're wrong and the other person is right, so it's even then hard for a person to say, you know what, you know what, I'm wrong, you're right. I did something wrong, you're right. If someone, let's say, is rebuking you and telling you something and insulting you and they are right and you are wrong, it's very difficult still to own up to that. But what happens when you're actually right? You're actually right, and the other person is wrong. So you're like, this person just insulted me. This person just just hurt me. This person just said something, and I'm going ahead, and I'm accepting it, and being humble. Very, very difficult for a person to do. Very, very difficult for a person to do. But when a person learns, when a person learns that he doesn't have to be right, and sometimes by just being okay, whatever it is, that that's, that in itself is a beautiful thing for a person to do. Yes, wow, Yaakov. I'm looking forward, yeah. Right, right, exactly. That, so, so, so that we'll talk, right, we'll talk about that in Mirza Shem tomorrow. Um, Yaakov asked um, a great question. First of all, talk Yaakov. So this, this is where, and this we'll talk about, this is where people have trouble, myself included, and it's something to talk about. What's the difference between, his question was, um, what's the difference between being humble and accepting whatever, the insult or the hurt, and being a punching bag, right? So that's, that's very challenging. So that's something that we could talk about more at length, Mitzvah Hashem, tomorrow. I guess we could give ourselves some time to think about it. I'll just say one quick answer, and that is that there's nothing wrong, let's say, in the moment. In the moment, in the moment, you could, you could accept it. Ten minutes later, an hour later, you could go over to the person and you could say, I just want to tell you it was very hurtful what you did, very hard. That's very different than, than someone insulting you and then you ah, having a fight. That's one example of it not becoming a fight. No one's saying over here that humility is. And the example actually that the Ramchal brings, Amir Tisham will learn tomorrow, brings out the point. Brings out the point. There's nothing wrong with right, the story with Baba Bambuta. The, 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 there's nothing wrong with saying, why did you do that? Why did you hurt me? What do you want from me? Or you did hurt me. Or expressing it to someone else. And sometimes you need to stay away from that person. If it's someone who's constantly hurting you, you have to ask yourself, why do I keep on putting myself in a situation where I'm getting hurt? Then you can ask yourself, why am I going back for more hurt? Yeah, Hashem will help all of us. Yes, Rabbi Tzvi. Yeah, first off,
but I want to add before his story that they Shabbai and Basilo Hoskin like Basilo right. not because they were right because right. they were with Bach there exactly. that, and it's a crazy concept Hoskin Right. Exactly. Exactly. If you're arguing with your wife or something, and you're right, exactly. and you're wrong. wrong, or you're wrong and she's right, you know who's right? The person that's the doctor. Right. And the Shayvan said, Naraisi Gamsakanti, I was young and old, and I have never seen someone losing in life from being the doctor. Right. Translate the mavatar. Mavatar means that you're that you give in, that you you don't fight back. You give in. You let no the other. No such thing. And I can tell you crazy stories yes. from this past week yes. of getting busyness and crazy things happening Beautiful. in my personal life. The shefa comes after someone. If you see someone getting busyness and quiet, you go and ask him uh, a brother. You'll get whatever yes. you want. Yes. So, that's Beautiful, right. so Beautiful. And I just want to end off with saying that, you know, we tell our children, you know, you see two little kids, you, tell, you see two little kids, and a lot of times people say, oh, just be mavater. You tell the kid, share, right? We want to teach our children, be mavater, you know, let it go. We want them to apologize. We want them to let it, let it go. But as adults, as adults, sometimes it's very, very difficult, as Rabbi Tzvi is saying, if you're in an argument with somebody and you're fighting with somebody, you could be as right as you, as you could be, I'm telling you five plus five is 10. And they're saying, no, five plus five is 11. And of course, the Yitzhahara comes in and says, I have to teach them that it's right, especially when it comes to your spouse and your children. I have to teach them. And then it becomes a mitzvah. You have to teach people. I have to show people. The answer is, the answer is, like Rabbi Tzvi was saying, the answer is, is that when a person is able to say, okay, let go, and it's very difficult, as Yaakov's asking, it's very difficult. So when do I just let people, chas v'shalom, take advantage of you? Chas v'shalom, it won't happen. It won't happen. It will not happen. No one's going to take advantage of you. Hashem will protect you. Hashem will take care of you. Other people will help you. Um, it's challenging. To be humble is challenging. Hashem will help each and every one of us we should be zocha not to get any insult from anyone. We should be zocha not to insult anyone as well. But if something, I would start, my humble advice is I would start when things don't go 100% your way. It could be a little thing. It could be a tiny thing that doesn't go your way. If something doesn't go your way, try and learn to, to see what comes up. Why is it so difficult for me? What's hard for me? Hashem will help each and every one of us. We should be zocha to have a great week. We zocha, all of us, not to worry about your past, not to be scared about what your future will come in the future. But as we just read this last week, the Avraham Zakein Ba Bayamim, let us focus on today, Sunday, let us focus on today. How can I make the best out of today? How can I make the best out of this morning? How can I make the best out of this week, how can I go ahead and have a great day, a great week, a great simple? Try and focus on today. When a person focuses on today, he will fix his past and will create the future that he wants. Have a wonderful first day of the rest of your life.